Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. People, I got a treat for you all today because at the end of the day, it all boils down to obedience. If we say we love the Father, if we say we love Jesus, then we must obey them. And that's the bottom line, because in this kingdom, thank you, Holy Spirit, it is all about obedience. So, I've been promising to do another teaching on divorce and remarry. And the reason why I believe the Holy Spirit is having us in the body of Christ who has this understanding, we must teach it to others. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of people, my hand is raised, who were and who are in second and third and fourth, etc., remarriages with their first covenant spouse still being alive. And so there is a lot of mis misunderstandings on this topic. And the reason for it is because of pastors are telling the people it is okay to remarry with your first spouse being alive. I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. If you, listen, pastor, if you have been sent by the Lord Jesus Christ and you read these scriptures, just like we read the scriptures, we must abide by the scriptures. Not because you want to appease the people that are coming through your doors to make sure they bring that tithe and offering as if God commanded the new covenant believer to do so. Paul says that we give cheerfully, but because 
you got that tax exempt going on and you think that in order to keep the lights on, you must keep with the with the traditions of men where tithing is concerned. But that's another teaching for another day. I have that on my podcast too, whether or not we have to keep any of the 613 laws of Moses. So for today, I want to go over via the Holy Spirit teaching and understanding that you commit adultery when you divorce your first covenant spouse and you remarry with that person still being alive. And let me tell you, there is a lot of kicking and screaming where this teaching is concerned. Because let me tell you, people have according to them, valid reasons why they divorce that first spouse. It could have been uh, abuse. It could have been drug abuse. It could have been abandonment. It could be that they committed adultery on you. There's a lot of reasons that people have. But as we go through these scriptures, and see what did Jesus teach on this topic. Because just like it is an issue for us today in the 21st century, oh, it was a big issue back in Jesus' day. So before we get started, let us pray for for wisdom and understanding because Jesus told us, What he is saying about this topic, this teaching, it is hard and few will understand it. Jesus done already told us this is hard. Listen, with all things with God, it's possible. It is possible to come out of the sin of adultery just like with any other sin. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. Father, give us understanding. Give us understanding of your word so that we can obey it. Father, as we see what sin is, And once we get the true teaching on it through your word, then we must come out of it. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to mean a different lifestyle. But at the end of the day, what is more important? Do we stay comfortable Or do we repent and come out of it so that we don't go to hell? So, Father, help us today. Have mercy on us today. And we thank you for your long suffering while we are in ignorance. But, Father, once we get the teaching of it, 
May the Holy Spirit convince us as children of the living God that we must put away all sin, all of it, whether we talking about adultery here or we talking about sorcery or we talking about idolatry or fornication, drunkenness, murder, stealing, lying, whatever the sin is, help us to put it away. As we repent, help us to now unravel ourselves from it. Teach us to distance ourselves from it. Help us to untangle ourselves from it. Because, Father, we demonstrate our love when we obey you. So, in Jesus' name, Father, we seek your mercy, your wisdom, your love, and your righteous judgment. In Jesus' name, I pray. And Father, may the Holy Spirit move on me. Give me spiritual insight to the deep things in your word. Father, I want to learn. And if there are any areas in my life, show it to me, Father, that what I need to put away. Because like Paul, I beat this body. This flesh has no say. Because I don't want to be a castaway, Father. And I thank you for your mercy and your patience. In Jesus' mighty name, glory be to God. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, folks. So, mm, let me wet my whistle because we are going to crack open the Bible today. And we are going to get into the scriptures because I believe we can never get enough of this teaching. Amen. So, the title of today's podcast is You Commit Adultery Regarding Divorce and Remarry Because, beloved, whether you want to hear this or not, Matthew chapter 19 verse 9 does not give us permission to be remarried because of adultery. Because the word that's used in that scripture, sexual immorality, it is translated from the Greek, which means porneia. It also means fornication. Because in the King James, the word fornication is used. So in context, Jesus is clearly speaking to all of these men, those Pharisees, who were given, who was given women a writing, a writing of divorcement so that they can marry someone else. Friends, 
We need to study the scriptures. We need to study these scriptures that I'm going to give us because this topic has been so muddled and so twisted and so manipulated. It ain't even funny. People are shell-shocked. People are shell-shocked to find out the truth once and for all where Jesus stood on divorce and remarried. Because if you are divorced and you remarry while your covenant partner is still alive, you commit adultery according to Jesus. Each and every time you lay with your new spouse, you commit adultery. And let me tell you, eternity is forever, friends. And I thank God for correction. And I thank God for his grace. May God continue to have mercy on us all. Amen. So grab your Bibles your pens, your papers, your notebooks. If you got to write these scriptures on the wall, write them down. I'm going to give us Matthew 19.9, Mark 10, verses 1 through 2, Luke 16.18, Romans 7, verses 1 through 3, and study 1 Corinthians all of chapter 7 and I want to give y'all Matthew 5:32. Amen because listen here's the teaching. Many people many people are believing that if your spouse commits adultery you can remarry. Folks, it is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus Christ has clearly taught us that divorce and remarrying another person, when you have a living spouse, the covenant spouse is adultery because the teachings of Jesus are clear. Mark 10 verses 1 through 12 teaches us that what God has joined together through holy matrimony and the one flesh union, let no man put asunder. So divorce courts in the 21st century and beyond are giving out divorce certificates like Tic Tacs. What did God say? Let no man put asunder. Matthew 5.32 says this, because we are going to the scriptures, because this is not about picking apart people's quote-unquote happy families, happy new life, because Bob and Jane treated us like crap. So now, Steve over here and Jill over here, oh, they are making my life real happy in this second marriage. So, what did Jesus say? Matthew 5, 32. But I say, this is Jesus in red. But I say unto you, 
that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving, saving for the cause of fornication, causing her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her, that is divorce, commit adultery. Amen. So we are going to the scriptures first. And then we're going to get to the lesson about these scriptures. Amen. Matthew 19, 9 says, It teaches that if a man or a woman divorces and marries another, you commit adultery. Jesus is crystal clear about his teachings on this topic. It's the people. Is the people that have been given the wrong interpretation of this scripture. People are in there, like one brother over there on Facebook said, they are in their emotional vomit when it comes to being in the second and third and fourth remarriages with their first spouse being alive. And then we have Luke 16, 18. That teaches that anyone who divorces his or her wife or husband and marries another woman or man commits adultery. And the man or the woman who marries a divorced woman or man, well, guess what? They commit adultery. Amen. So if you are divorced, even if you remarry someone who has never been married before, this is their first time out the gate. If they marry you while you being a divorced person and with your spouse still being alive, well, guess what? This person is committing adultery because they are sleeping with a married person because in the eyes of God, the only way that that first covenant marital vow is fulfilled is when either one of the partner dies. That's the only way you can get out of a marriage. You can get divorced all you want to. The laws of this land say that you can get divorced for whatever reason. But what does God say? And let me tell you, these scriptures are for both the sinner and the saint. Amen. Because Romans 7 verses 1 through 3 says this. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Verse 2, for the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Only death ends a marriage. While we all stood at the altar and we said, yes, to death do us part, we made a vow. Amen. Verse 3, 
So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But, 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 if her husband be dead, because see now, she is a widow. She is free from that law. And this applies to the man as well. She is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So this scripture is telling us that if a woman or a man, because it applies, it applies on both sides. If a man or a woman divorces their spouse and remarries another person when their ex is still alive, that first one, the first one, if that person is still alive and you remarry the Bible, the Word of God, Jesus says that you commit adultery because you are still bounded by the law of marriage to that person. And the only way that that law can be broken is if there is a death of one of the other partners. When you become a widow, you are now released from that first covenant law. Amen. And so many, many remarried people struggle with these verses, I could imagine. However, let us not be deceived or mistaken. Because you see, as a side note, in my case, now this is just for me. I already know what 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 tells us that, among other things, no sorcerer will inherit the kingdom of God. And so I look at my life and I'm like, huh, and the Holy Spirit be prompting me about certain things. Now, for me, I take medication for high blood pressure. And for some time now, I've been I've been in prayer about this because the word we have for pharmacy today is the Greek word pharmakia. And if you do any study on that, it has pagan roots back to witchcraft and the occult. And so for me, I said for me. Since I'm taking this medication, and when you look at all the symbols surrounding pharmacy, the pagan gods that these symbols are paying homage to, especially that RX symbol, and I'm like, I will not be going to Satan for my healing. Now, for me, listen. You all, where that is concerned, y'all need to be in prayer because I'm not advocating anyone to stop taking medication, okay? All I'm saying for me, 
that I would rather be safe than sorry because as as I'm studying that out because I don't want to be in sin unknowingly okay I don't want to you know die and I'm in hell because of sorcery I'm not taking this medication to get high I'm not taking it to have my mind elevated and enjoy that euphoria but if there are any connection to this drug that although is treating high blood pressure, but it also treats drug use and you can be addicted to it, although medical science say it is not a controlled substance, but I rely on what God says about sorcery and about drugs and about pharmacia and about witchcraft. So instead, now this is for me, instead of relying on prescribed medication that is clearly, all we got to do is look it up, is clearly steeped in pagan, false god, demonic worship, then there must be healthy alternatives than taking these drugs because we know, look at what's going on with the vaccinations. These people are trying to kill us, okay? Ain't nothing good in the vaccination and I don't care what the propaganda is behind it. We know the evilness that is behind it. So for me, for me, I'm looking to not be in sin. I may be going over the top with this. I may be creating a mountain out of a molehill. I may be over-religious about this thing. But all I know is this, okay, by faith, that if I could put away those medications and and listen to the wisdom of God about natural alternatives like cutting out the salt, watching the greasy foods, put away all the chips and the pretzels, then maybe, okay, the blood pressure won't be so high whereby I won't need the medication because for me, I'm looking at everything spiritual. So, anyway, getting back to this, because I needed to segue that, because once we find out, oh, excuse me, thought a sneeze was coming on. Once we find out what the sin is, then we must, hold on, <coughs> oh, excuse me, once we find out what the sin is, I'd rather be safe than sorry get up out of that because none of us want to miss heaven. Amen. Because like I was saying, let us not be deceived. Let us not be mistaken. All we got to do is read 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 10. That tells us no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. So 
Let's hear what the spirit of the living God is teaching us today about divorce and remarry. Can you? Okay. Are you ready for the answer? Because those who have ears, let them hear what the spirit is saying to us. So this is going to be an extremely hard and long study. Amen. So even, like I said, even the Lord Jesus Christ said that what he is saying about this topic, it is hard to understand because in Matthew 19, 11, he said, but he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Glory be to God. So now we see why some get it and some don't. Jesus says that all men cannot receive this saying because he just finished telling them in verse 9 about how accepted be for fornication. So we're going to get into that. Amen. So. Let's take it from the top. In Matthew 19, verses 3 to 12, the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up on a discussion about divorce. So here's the conversation in its entirety and context. So verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him like they were always doing, tempting him and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Verse four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they and they twain shall be one flesh. <laughs> he threw it back at them. Verse six. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Verse 7, they said unto him, hear the Pharisees, okay. After Jesus done told them that, here they go. Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus is telling them, yeah, Moses gave y'all a writing of divorcement because of the hardness, the hardening of your, of your hearts, the hardness of your hearts. But that wasn't the case from the beginning. Amen. Verse 9, Jesus says, And I say unto you, 
Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication. Not adultery, folks. Jesus said, except it be for fornication and shall marry another committed adultery and whoso marry her, which is put away, do commit adultery. Verse 10. Now, that was some hard teachings because over here in verse 10, his disciples, okay, because his disciples were listening to this exchange. His disciples said unto him, if the case, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry because they were listening to what Jesus was saying that, yeah, Moses gave y'all a writing of divorce to put away your wives only because of the hardness of your hearts. But God, from the beginning, that was never to be the case. And so his disciples are listening to this and they said, well, if, th if this is the case, about putting away the wife only only for fornication and not for any other reason like we had been doing, then why get married? Because they understood the magnitude of the situation. And look, and and look how Jesus responded to his disciples. It blew their mind. In verse 11, but he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Because look, in verse 12, Jesus is like, because of how serious marriage is, because in the 21st century, we are so flippant about marriage. We think if it don't work out, I just put them away and start all over again. Because Jesus is about to tell us just how serious in his day that people took the issue of divorce. Because look, in verse 12, Jesus, Jesus says, For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, okay? Because he's saying that some men were born as a eunuch from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. Because you know, you know how it was back then, you know, you'll get castrated at the drop of a hat, you know, by the hands of men. So, and then he says, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. What? Jesus is saying that you have some eunuchs, men that were born without male private parts, because that's how they was born coming out of their mother's womb. And some don't have their male private parts because of castration by the hands of men, right? And then he's saying that some men, these eunuchs, they cut off their own private parts, parts for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He's saying that since divorce is such a big deal because the um, disciples were saying, then why get married? 
Okay. And Eunice is like, well, I don't even want to burn with the lust of wanting to get married so I can have sex. And if it don't work out, if I divorce this person and marry someone else, that's adultery. I will go to hell for that because they were up under the 613 laws of Moses about adultery that if you commit adultery they will stone you to death so the man who turned himself into a eunuch cut it off he cut it off so that he don't even burn with desire to want to get married and to have sex. And Jesus says, he that is able to receive it, let him receive this teaching. Amen. So God's stance is and will always be let no man put asunder. Amen. That means in the eyes of God, no civil court of law can grant a man a divorce that would be sanctioned by holy God. Because if you let these people tell you that are in these second and third and fourth remarriages, oh, God wants me to be happy. Oh, you mean to tell me that? You mean tell me that that Jesus wants me to stay in this marriage and I'm just so unhappy. Jesus wants me to be happy. Okay. Listen. The reason the reason why there is so much controversy and debate over this scripture is because like I said false pastors and preachers they have distorted the meaning of this passage and passed it on down to those who thought they were in the clear my hand is raised i was married married 3 times i was under the false impression and the wrong teaching that if there is adultery in these marriages, either partner has a right to divorce the other and move on. And that is what I did. I moved on and my first spouse was still alive. It wasn't until after my third divorce that, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the real teaching and understanding of these scriptures where this topic is concerned, I now must remain unmarried. Why? Because my first covenant spouse way back down there, 20 years ago, he is still very much alive. And if I were to remarry anyway, Jesus says that I commit adultery. And this is what I love about the word of God in my life. It is a guardrail for me. It keeps us out of sin so that I don't have to be bombarded with the with the the leaning on my own understanding because the way I love love, oh, I probably would be in my fourth marriage by now. Knowing me. But glory be to God. Once you repent of this sin, you don't get to go back in it and so for me like i pray it is for you that the word of god shields us from sin because if we adhere to what the commands are which are not burdensome because the bible tells us that and that if we say we love jesus then we obey jesus and so it keeps us 
out of the pit from Satan's snares. Amen. And so, like I said, like you, I thought that if your spouse cheated on you, you are free and clear to divorce them because of their or yours infidelity. But is that really so? Because let's take a look, okay? So now this is the part where we start digging out what Jesus was saying. Over there in Matthew 19, verse 9, when Jesus says, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication. Key word here, fornication. Well, well, that's adultery. No, it's not. Fornication is having sex with someone when you are not married. Adultery is when you are married and you go and have sex with someone else. You are cheating on your wife. But fornication is sexual immorality, sleeping around with men and women that you are not married to. You as a single person having sex, that's sexual immorality. That's fornication. So Jesus said fornication. So what does that mean then? What does it mean when he said, except it be for fornication? Well, because the fake pastor led us to believe that Jesus was referring to adultery. And this is the mixed messages that these pastors give to these couples who have been remarried. They say, well, if your first spouse committed adultery, Jesus says that you can go on and get a divorce. But that's not what Jesus said. Amen. So there's a huge difference between fornication and adultery. Like I said, one is having sex before you are married and the other is having sex with another while you are married. Because Jesus wasn't talking about putting away your spouse who cheated on you during the marriage. No. He was talking about infidelity during the engagement stage. Yep. Now, folks, follow me closely or you're going to miss it. Because you see, you cannot commit fornication when you are married. So we know now that Jesus was talking about if your intended spouse, your fiance, had an illicit sexual liaison before you two got married and after you were married, it was revealed, it came out that they cheated on you, then you can put them away with a divorce. Because see, the confusion, the confusion further comes into play because we have to know what was going on in Jesus' time. Okay, Jesus, in the Jewish custom in Jesus' day, they took marriage very seriously. And engagement or the betrothal was just as serious as if they were married. Only thing that was missing was the physical consummation. Amen. Listen, it was so serious. 
that if any party was to call off the engagement, you actually needed to get a divorce written up. Amen. And like I said, we over here in the 21st century, we are so flippant about marriage that we don't really give it any serious thought to the fact that God said that this is to death do you part. Let no man put asunder. That means let no man separate this one flesh union. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And so we know and and how we know that they took it so seriously back then. All we got to do is think about Joseph and Mary, right? Jesus earthly parents because when when Joseph found out that his fiance Mary was pregnant when she returned from visiting with her cousin Elizabeth who, by the way, was pregnant with John the Baptist, right? Joseph, until the angel came and explained to him that the baby in Mary's womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by another man, he wanted to divorce her while they were betrothed, while they were engaged, Amen. So that's what Jesus meant by fornication. He says that except it be for fornication, except except it be for that reason, right? Because all we got to do is look at his parents, his earthly parents, right? All we got to do is study that story out and you will see just how serious the engagement or the betrothal really is because look this what makes this such a hot potato is that jesus only gives two reasons for you to remarry okay one if you are a widow and number two your spouse committed fornication while y'all were engaged. And then after the marriage, his or her illicit sexual liaison was revealed. Now, I like to use this analogy. Okay. Let's say y'all two were engaged. You get married. The wedding was beautiful. Honeymoon was gorgeous and lovely. Three months later, y'all sitting at home. Everything's fine. Y'all still loving on one another. Looking at the videos. Still unwrapping wedding gifts. You get a knock on the door. This woman shows up with a baby in her arms talking about how your husband is the father of her child and you're like what how you have a baby on your hip and we only been married for three months what you mean this is my husband's baby y'all go down get the blood work get the dna come to find out this is bob's baby when did he sleep with her? While y'all were engaged. 
what? You got a whole baby on me? And I'm thinking I'm marrying you, you you being faithful to me, and then we get married and come to find out you cheated on me, you committed fornication. That's the scenario. He's caught red-handed. And so if for whatever reason, because you know, we must forgive. We must forgive. And and try to keep that marriage together, even in the face of this latest development. Okay? We got to try to work this out. Forgive like you have been forgiven. So, if you feel you cannot forgive this person, this person committed fornication. Jesus says that if that's the reason, not that he committed adultery after y'all got married, not because of physical abuse, not because of drug abuse, not because of of abandonment, not because his feet stink, not because you hate his mama, not because he can't keep a job, not because he, I don't know, slapped the kids around. None of those reasons. Jesus said one reason, the fornication issue. So if that's what's the case, the fornication issue, then you can remarry. But if it's for any other reason, as valid as you say that they are as dangerous as the situation, if it's not altogether feasible to live under the same roof, fine. If you feel that you need to get a divorce, well, guess what? We must stay unmarried. Yes, you cannot remarry, not with him still being alive, but he treated me like a dog. True. Oh, he whooped on me. True. Oh, he stole all my money out the bank account. True. Those are the reasons why you felt that you needed to divorce him. As long as he or she is still alive, you must not remarry. Otherwise, you commit adultery. And adultery, an adulteress, an adulterer will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means that if you die in the sin of adultery, and you hadn't repented, and you still living with that spouse, sleeping with him or her day in and day out, you will go to hell, my friends. Listen, this topic is so touchy. Even Paul talked about it and dedicated all of chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians to it. Because in part, he was saying, he was saying in verses 8 to 11, that so I say to those who aren't married, meaning the virgins, right? And to the widows, it is better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Verse 10. But for those who are married, I com- I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. 
a wife must not leave her husband. Verse 11. Did you hear that? A wife or a husband must not leave her husband or wife. Verse 11. But, because if you can't work it out, if you can't seem to forgive and let the love of God heal whatever is going on, Verse 11, but if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled back to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. It applies to him too. Unless they reconcile, if they can't reconcile, then you must remain single. You must remain unmarried while that first person is still alive. But that's not fair. What you mean? I can't remarry. I'm only 32 years old. I got my whole life. I want to have some kids or I want to have more kids. I want to have sex. Well, God is saying either work it out with that first husband be reconciled back to him or remain single. So that is why, thank you, Holy Spirit, we must have discernment. We must be in prayer before we marry anybody. Okay? That courtship, that engagement um, period should be lengthy, until you get the clearance from God himself that this person will be your covenant spouse for life, okay? Because we need to know exactly who we are marrying, how they handle finances, how they handle, handle anger. Try them. See what happens when you tell them no and how they respond to that. See how they treat their mothers. Because let me tell you, history has shown how they treat their mothers is how they will treat you. And I'm saying this for the women, okay? How that man treats his mama, okay? That is how he's going to treat you. I can assure you that. Amen. And so let, let us be clear. What Jesus is saying about divorce and remarry, number one, you may, you may divorce your spouse on the grounds of fornication. If while y'all were engaged, they had an illicit sexual liaison and then after and then after marriage, it was revealed, then you can give them a writing of divorce. Number two, because we're looking at the clarity in which Jesus is saying about divorce and remarry. Number two, the widow. The widow can remarry if they choose to do so. But we see how Paul was saying that it's probably best if they do remain single 
Why? Then they can dedicate their whole lives to serving the Lord without the cares of a marriage to contend with. Right? Okay. But widows, be careful. Because it also tells us that if you do remarry widow, that person must be in the Lord and that person cannot be a divorced person because then you will be committing adultery if you marry them because their, their uh, first covenant spouse is still alive. Then you too will be in adultery. Amen. Number three, if you are divorced for any other reason other than what Jesus has said about how except it be for fornication and your first spouse is still very much alive and y'all decide not to reconcile then you are to remain single that means unmarried that means that even means that you cannot be sleeping with anybody so all of this boyfriend and girlfriend while you are divorced because once you sleep with that person you still are committing adultery because your spouse is still alive it's fornication and adultery so that's why the bible just told us that a man should not leave his wife and a wife shall not leave her husband but if they do if they do, they are to remain single. So if you did divorce your spouse, why can't these pastors work on reconciling these uh, divorced people rather than telling them it's okay to remarry somebody brand new? And not only that, you I'm quite sure there's somewhere on this earth that a pastor has married two people because that was their first marriage. Then they got a divorce and one of those people came back to his church with a new spouse and that pastor remarries them knowing that that first spouse is still alive because he's still in contact with your ex. So there's a lot of apostasy going on in these apostate churches. We see this and we see how pastors themselves are divorcing their first covenant spouse and remarrying and bringing the second wife into the church as the new first lady. They need a whooping. They need a whooping. So now look. Now, if you choose to divorce your spouse for any other reason outside of what Jesus has given us, in the eyes of God, you are still married to that first spouse. Even though the court of law has granted you a divorce, again, in the eyes of God, whose eyes only matters, he said, let no man put asunder. Let no man divorce. Let no man separate what I have joined together. Let no man put asunder. Well, then that's just not fair. That's not fair. And y'all just being judgmental and y'all just want to break up happy homes. No, 
We are relaying what Jesus has said. And he, he told us, this is going to be hard. And not all will receive it. He already gave us the heads up. But glory be to God, be willing to learn, be willing to come out of that sin, even if it makes you uncomfortable. I'm telling y'all, I'm dealing with an issue of being on medication, knowing that if I, according to the doctors, that if I don't take it, my blood pressure will rise through the roof and I will have another heart attack. I will have another stroke. So I'm in prayer. Um, the Lord is weaning me off these medications so I can do it safely so that I can still be on the earth preaching his gospel. But the mindset is, oh, I'm coming out of this thing. Yeah, I am untangling, unraveling myself from this. Now, like I said, I may be making a big deal about it, but I'd rather be safe than sorry because Jesus told us that Many will say to him, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not have a podcast? Did I not have a Facebook ministry in your name, preaching your word, Lord? I never knew you would depart from me. I'm not trying to hear that. And I know you ain't trying to hear that either. So come on, folks. Come on, eternity is too long to be wrong because we want to be comfortable. Don't you think I like potato chips? Don't you think I like greasy, salty, fried chicken? Yes, I do. Pretzels, all of that. But guess what? If I continue to eat like that, my pressure will continue to be high and I will be continue to be on these medications. I'm not willing to take the risk. Amen. I'd rather put my faith in my Lord for my healing than my faith and confidence in man's medicine, knowing they are killing us with the medications and the vaccinations. So what is the position of the person who is now divorced, but has not remarried? Okay, let's say like me. I'm divorced. I got the teaching on this understanding. What must I do? Well, according to Paul, who was who was led by the Holy Spirit to write the wisdom of God down, I must remain single. You must remain unmarried while our first covenant spouses are still alive. Amen. Now, unless your first spouse, not the second, not the third, not the fourth, if your first spouse and you decide to reconcile, then we marry the person, right? Because in the eyes of God, y'all were never divorced anyway, okay? So if that's not happening, then you are to remain single. So, what happens to the person who is now in 
their second and third and fourth remarriage. And they get this teaching. There's some big decisions that have to take place. Because at the end of the day, if you say you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means we are his disciples. That means that we sit at his feet and we listen to him and we obey the teachings. We are not just hearer of the word of God. We must be doers of the word of God. And yes, it is going to be tough decisions, tough choices. All that I'm saying is what Jesus said. You all will have to go in prayer and sit before the Lord and get the memo that no adulterer, no, no fornicator, no idolater, and no sorcerer will inherit the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, remember, Jesus said that you and your new spouse are both committing adultery when you stay in that new marriage. And the spouse who has divorced you has now put you in a position to commit adultery. So all around in this remarriage that was consummated outside of the will of God, folks, it don't matter what you say that God has consummated this new remarriage. He has not. God is not going to go back on his word because you feel you are now happy. He is not going to go back on his word because you feel you deserve a second chance at happiness. God is not going to go back on his word because you feel that it is too hard to come out of this new situation. This person never hurt me. This person has always been there for me. I can't let them down. Okay. Okay. The word has gone forth of what Jesus has said. So all around... Is either going to be, do we obey God or not? So now, what does all that mean for the one who has remarried and has gotten a divorce for any other reason? You now have a whole new spouse, possibly some kids. You all have property together, finances together, and for all intent and purposes, you have a wonderful life together with your new spouse. So what do you do with all of that? Because the answer is Jesus already said what he said. He already said what he said. He already said what he had to say about this topic. Jesus is not with the back and forth. We can go back and forth over there on Facebook, a.k.a. the lion's den, a.k.a. my second job that I love, love, love. We could, we can go back and forth 
with anyone down in the comments about this topic all we want to. But I can assure you that Jesus is not with the back and the forth. Amen. We just saw with his disciples, they were like, why get married? Why get married? And then come to find out that you want to divorce this person. And it's not for fornication. It's for something else. But if you do that, then you must remain unmarried or be reconciled to that spouse. And if you're like, I ain't doing that. Okay, well, then you must remain unmarried until they die. So, just go back to Matthew 19 about that discussion about Jesus was having with the Pharisees. But keep in mind, Jesus Jesus did say that you are to love no one more than you love him. He said in Matthew 10, 37. And this is going to be the close. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or or daughter more than me, he is not worthy of me. So if you love that brand new spouse more than you love Jesus, Jesus says that you are not worthy of him. Amen. And that's the bottom line, because listen, Jesus calls us to put away all of our sins, and that includes adultery, for the Bible is crystal clear. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12 is one of them that says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. You, precious, are deceived to think that Jesus wants you to be happy in this new marriage. You are deceived. That is what the Bible calls unrighteousness. Because he says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. And those are men in perversion who likes to dress up in women's clothing and have homosexual sex, they ain't getting in either. Nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers. Them are the ones with that slanderous tongue ready to cut you every witch away. And swindlers, them are your con men of deception, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the question on the floor is who are you going to obey? Jesus or your flesh? Amen. Because at the end of the day, we all have to face this question. Who are we going to obey the flesh or Jesus? I take the Lord Jesus Christ for 200, Alex. 
Amen. So that is why, my friends, that is why this issue is so touchy and so heatly debated because the wolf in sheep clothing had lured had had lured us into a false sense of security when all the while we were on the road to hell and for some are still on that road because of adultery where divorce and remarry is concerned so i can't say this enough Jesus is clear. We don't want to hear the answer, but the answer shall stand. We have to accept God for all of his blessing scriptures, as well as those scriptures that commands us to make tough choices in this life. Amen. So enough has been said. Listen, we need to walk in wisdom, obey the Lord, and pray. Because even if it means making some very tough decisions that will affect your whole life, keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. This life is but a vapor, and then we will meet eternity. We will meet the Lord Jesus Christ. No sin, no person, no situation is worth you losing your soul over. It is not. So just like the Bible tells the murderer, repent and stop murdering. Just like the Bible tells the adulterer, stop sleeping with someone who is not your covenant spouse. You must leave these situations that have us in sin, just like the homosexual. The Bible says that the homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God and that they must repent and stop sleeping with the same sex. So people who who are in these remarriages, they must come out of that remarriage, repent of it, and remain single as long as their first covenant spouse is still alive. Once that person dies, then you can remarry. But as a widow, be careful. That person must be in the Lord, and that person must not be a divorced person. So... There we go. Be wise, my friends. Trust in the Lord because he knows what is right and what is best for us. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this teaching today. Bless your holy name. Father, may we do what is right because it is right. Jesus, our Lord died for our sins and he was buried and on the third day you rose Jesus out of the grave sin no longer has mastery over us death no longer has control over us so father as we 
as as our minds are being renewed to the things of God, show us those areas that we must come out of sin. And if that requires a changed lifestyle, then so be it. I'd rather be uncomfortable on this earth than to lift up my eyes in hell. Because Jesus says, if that eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If that hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better, thank you, Holy Spirit, to walk around maimed in this life than to have your whole body intact and you be in hell. Father, thank you for this teaching. Thank you for your word. And thank you for helping us in the sticky parts of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Lord willing, I'll be speaking to you all soon. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. All right. Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.